For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Good afternoon, Zinger Nation. How are y'all doing today? Welcome back to the 48th episode of Moon or Bust. We are really getting up there. Uh, if you're new to Benzinga, you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, make sure you subscribe if you like the content and then drop a like. We really appreciate it. Uh, this is Moon or Bust, your home for all things altcoins and DeFi. My name is Logan Ross, and, and I am joined today by DeFi developer Brian Moore. And we actually have the president of a nation with us today president of liquidation nation brian mcnamara how you guys doing creative thank you thank you who'd you think going well did i did i psych you out yeah i I had no idea where you were going with that to be completely honest (laughs) yes i like it always trying to keep it fresh around here keep it spicy okay so uh before we are cleared for takeoff on the moon or bus rocket ship there are a few safety procedures i gotta run you guys through uh, so first of all, I need all who are, who are willing and able to please uh, flip their like button into the on position. Uh, and, and then once everyone does that, we will be cleared for takeoff. Also, uh, if you guys didn't notice, we are on the Benzinga crypto channel right now. So we've been talking about this channel for a long time. It's been the top link in the description. We've been uh, getting you guys to go over and subscribe. But now we are streaming from it. So uh, please do subscribe if you haven't yet. We need to get to a thousand followers then we're going to give away something pretty cool. We haven't figured it out yet. Um, but yeah, so um, let's see. What else we got? We have the Telegram and we have merch. You want one of these sick Mooner Bust ETH hats? Other way. Boom, Mooner Bust ETH designed by yours truly. Uh, you can go get those in the description below. Also, if you join our Telegram, we'll toss you a 25% off discount code. Seems like a good deal to me. Uh, also, we have some really great resources available in the description below. We have how to buy links for a bunch of your favorite cryptos. And we also have a moon or bust game. That's right, a game where you can go vote moon or bust on all of your favorite tokens, see what the community is feeling, uh, and just be a part of the ecosystem. So with that out of the way, we are going to start with some crypto news. And then we have an interview with Superbid. Our buddy Max is coming back on. Uh, so Let's see. So first up on the news docket, we have the market crash. So uh, I'm going to pull up my screen right here. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on why this crash might be happening? You know, people are talking about this Evergrande thing happening in China and attributing that to the markets going down. We saw stocks go down as well. I'm not sure if I would attribute the the market crash to this Evergrande debacle going on. I think it kind of operates independently, but I think this is just the markets happening right now. I I suspected we would go back at some point to the bull market support band, and we've had wicks down there. So I'm personally not surprised. I wouldn't even call this a crash. I'd call it a correction. We've seen the prices of crypto go up a lot this past month. So I'm not particularly worried. If we see a dip that's maybe 15, 20% in a day, that will be particularly bearish in my opinion. But right now, I think we're chilling, and I got some fiat ready to deploy pretty soon here. Yeah, I think okay, it all so kind of comes down to the uh, the stock market is now going down. I mean, it's in a, a big old bad spot. There, It's been happening last year. In September, it was the same exact pattern. Uh, this time of year, the markets kind of go into an influx. The holidays coming. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff going on with crypto. There's also a lot of different SEC regulations and all this other happenstances coming on. Everyone tries to scramble to 
get in with the program and make sure everyone's doing everything right so they don't get shut down, sued, or fined, or whatever. And I think that we're seeing a lot of the um, after effects of the past couple weeks happening. So I think that's really what the what's going on here. I think people want to get their money out of the market for right now. And then if you if you notice, USDT and USDC and all the stable coins have kind of gone up while everything else go down, which would lead to people coming out of their positions, holding it still in crypto, but then are going to pump it back into it whenever you know we see a little bit more of a bounce. But I wouldn't say it's a crash. I'd say it's a correction as well. Yeah, for sure. We've been talking about this for a long, long time. Ever since we broke above this bull market support band right here, uh, we, we've we been saying over and over again that we want to come down eventually and hold it as support uh, on some uh, larger time frame, ideally a weak candle. Uh, so that could play out this week. We could see some basically sideways uh, kind of downward momentum throughout the rest of the week. And then if we can close the weekly candle above that support band, that would be really, really bullish in my opinion. So um, like we've been saying for months now, keep an eye out for that uh, and get your fiat ready to deploy. Um, you guys want to look at any other charts, any other prices? Maybe I can hop on over to CoinMarketCap. We can just look at how the market's doing in general. Uh, so it's pretty bloody... <laughs> what we all expected yeah good time to buy the dip the president of El salvador bought the dip this morning it was pretty crazy to see the president of a nation tweeting out that he was buying the dip uh and we have weird to think about mm -hmm, mm -hmm. imagine biden tweeting this morning <laughs> bought the dip guys yeah y'all i got my coinbase account ready to go put it all in sheeb the U.S. Treasury is now in Sheeb. <laughs> oh, boy. We're in trouble. Uh, okay. So we got a comment from Sergio Bernardo. What's good, my guy? You want to look at ADA? Uh, let's see. We can pull up Cardano. Cardano has down like 11% over the past week, back down to 216 We saw it break $3. Uh, that was pretty exciting. But now we've got this uh, sustained correction here. I think that there's not too much to be concerned about, specifically when it comes to Cardano. It's probably going to follow the rest of the market. Uh, more or less, we'll look for it to, you know, kind of do the same thing, hold that bull market support band, uh, and then be cleared for takeoff. Yeah, I think uh, give it like a couple, like tops another week or, I mean, tops another month or two, but maybe like a week, we're going to see that correction. We, we're going to have to hit a bottom, then bounce back. But at, at this time, I'm not seeing a bunch of talk on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, that saying like, the last time the market kind of crashed, like, oh, this is it for crypto. Everyone get out. It was a it was a scam or it's this and that. We're just seeing normal market prices. And it's kind of cool to think about the amount of people who are now into crypto that weren't this time last year, where we saw these really big dips and you know, go down 80%, then go back up a hundred, then go back down two hundred and blah blah blah. I think that um it's really cool because we have a lot more uh, stability in the crypto market now, especially in Bitcoin and Ethereum. It's a, a really good sign. Okay, so John Moore wants to know about this market support band. This is what we've been looking at for a long time. It's the 20-week SMA in red, the standard moving average, uh, with the 21-week exponential moving average plotted in green. Uh, so a lot of the market argues over which one is really the bull market support band. So we just show them together, uh, and it works out pretty well that way. So uh, we were down down bad in July, June, July, August. We started ripping, went back above it, and we just got this golden cross last week, um, which some people thinks it, some people think is a big deal. Some people uh, don't really think it's a big deal, but a lot of bots trade off of it, so uh, it probably has some significance in the long run. Well, yeah, it has that significant because because a lot of people do set up programming. Um, bots to trade off different support and resistance and indicators. And so you, you have to remember that there are billions of dollars inside these bots that are going to make any movement on the price. So it's not too bad if you're day trading or a quick trader, or if you're getting into, um, you know, uh, trading with bots and programming, mm -hmm. you do want to look at these things. Yeah, most definitely. 
Uh, let us know what indicators you guys are using if you're in the crypto technical analysis space. Uh, and we'll try to maybe give them a look next week, maybe do some TA reviews. That could be a fun topic. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's move on with the news for today. I will pull off my screen. What's up next, guys? Well, I just wanted to mention this briefly because I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But Coinbase officially dropped their uh, Lend program. And, and by dropped, you don't mean they released it. You mean they canceled it. Yes, they are not doing the Lend program. Um, there was a lot of flack. They were threatened to be sued by the SEC. Brian Armstrong said, why the heck are they suing us before we even start? Why couldn't we have just talked about this beforehand? Why are they threatening and not working with us? But they decided to drop it. And now uh, one of the reasons also is because BlockFi and Celsius is uh, being, Celsius. yeah, Celsius is being uh, hit with a, a bunch of different states with regulatory issues, uh, threatening lawsuits, taking them down and everything. It's just a very, very hairy, difficult situation. We're losing you, Brian. Okay, we're back. Oh, and now we lost oh, Ryan. I don't know what happened. But yeah, uh, that, I just wanted to briefly mention it because the news just dropped um, just today. So it's it's pretty big because I was looking forward to it. And now, you know, they're doing the safe, you know, smart long game thing, which I can respect. Yeah, and it makes sense for Coinbase. They have so many users and I'm sure they make a lot more money off of the trading fees for investors on their platform than they would just through an interest bearing account. It would be a way to bring users to the platform, but I understand why Coinbase just dropped it. It's probably not worth doing with all the legal fees involved with doing something like that. So I'm, I guess it makes sense, honestly. Yeah, I mean, they would make a ton of money. Do they make more money than they are now doing it? But you're right. It's just it's such a hairy. But the main thing is, SEC is saying that if they do a LIN program with the APY, then they're selling a security. And that's mm -hmm. the whole gray area that a lot of these cryptocurrency projects are in, these DeFi projects mm -hmm. are in. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up launching this product sometime down the future. It's just not going to happen right now. If I had to guess, they probably just want another company to take on that legal battle. And once there's a settlement there, it would be a lot easier for them to release a product like this. Yeah, we just, everyone wants just clarity from the SEC. Like, what can we do in the US markets? How can we make this happen? What are we doing wrong? Let's work together to find out a solution that works best for everybody instead of having this like cat and mouse game or this guessing game where people are losing money, time, everything. Just work it out. Mm -hmm. And we got a comment from Jim saying it was hard to find the show today. Sorry about that. We've moved over to the Benzinga Crypto channel. So make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. Hit that little bell icon and you won't miss Moon or Bust ever again. This is just a little experiment for the time being. Uh, and, and we're going to try to push to a thousand subs on the channel. Uh, that way we can unlock all of these great features that YouTube supports. So uh, yeah, so back to the, the SEC Coinbase Lens situation. It's kind of sad to see that they kind of just backed out of the fight. They dropped it right away, but their stock price was tanking and they have all these investors to keep happy now that they're publicly traded. Uh, so it's really a tough spot for them to be in. And, and Coinbase especially, I mean, from the from the jump, they took every precaution to, to engage with the SEC to make sure they were complying with every regulation. I mean, like in 2017, they had three coins on their platform because they wanted to, to comply with all the regulations. And uh, now the SEC has kind of turned their back on them, which is very shady in my opinion goes deep <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of layers to this whole thing too it's like a blockchain i tell you all right ryan you want to yeah you want to tell us about eip 3664 yeah, sure. I don't know who I'm supposed to be talking to right now, but I think somebody stole my idea. I was talking with Logan and Brian a few weeks back. I said, we, there needs to be a way for NFTs to reach mass market because right now with a collection of 10,000 or even 20,000, once it gets popular, a lot of people get priced out of these NFTs because they get too expensive. So how can you have something that's rare, but also 
accessible to the masses. So EIP 3664 does this and there are a few applications. I think profile pictures will be one, but I think even more importantly, gaming NFTs. So what EIP 3664 does is it makes NFTs modular. So you're able to like tr essentially trade features on the NFT. You have a, a base NFT and then say, for example, if CryptoPunks used EIP 3664 in some alternative timeline, then you could get maybe a hoodie and then sell the hoodie from your punk and give it to somebody else and they can use it on their NFT. And then you could go on the marketplace, buy a pair of sunglasses, put it on your NFT and make it part of your non-fungible token. So I think this is really cool. Like I said, I think there's mm -hmm. applications within gaming, especially with weapons or with armor, stuff like that. I could see this really being important for, but also profile picture projects. Like I said, if there's a set number like 10,000 or 20,000, then eventually as it gets popular, investors will be priced out and they can't afford it. Whereas mm -hmm. with a profile picture project using this improvement proposal, which I don't think there's a release date yet for, but I, I really mm -hmm. hope it comes out. Um, you could have as many NFTs as you want in a project and then just make the traits rare. So there's still that, that side where you, you're flexing with your NFT because you have rare traits that you can buy and sell. But at the same time, you can get into the project for relatively cheap because there doesn't have to be a limit on the actual base NFT. You can just make the limits on the traits. What do you guys think about this? You think that this will see some applications in gaming first, profile pictures, or somewhere else? Definitely yeah. gaming. I, I mean, the whole uh, the name of it kind of gives it to the gaming and the whole reason it was built. Um, I, I don't I don't see as much of a use case for the whole reason it was built um, for profile pictures, unless you know you can. I mean, I see the reason, but I see the gaming reason a lot better for different like RPGs or dungeon games or anything else that has collectibles in it, like Axie Infinity, for example, all those sorts of things, because you can just keep growing and growing with it and you don't have to launch new ones and waste the others. I think there's a lot of different use cases outside of gaming, but I think that was the reason why it was brought to market or brought, the idea was brought to the you know Ethereum board and kind of going from there. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a game like GTA, right, you can customize every aspect of your character from the hat to the T-shirt to the pants to the sneakers. You can change them all out and come up with your own unique combination. Uh, so we saw Tom Sachs Rocket Factory uh, attempt something kind of like this, where you would buy the body of the rocket, you'd buy the fin, you'd buy the nose cap, and then you'd kind of combine them all together into a rocket. Um, but this is really going to like take that uh, concept and then make it like work at scale. Uh, so this could be huge for NFTs. It could be huge uh, for gaming as well. Um, and I think that this is, is a great EIP and Ethereum improvement protocol that hopefully we'll see coming uh, over the next couple of months. So we have Rommel Pravia in the chat. He says, why do you guys say that Bitcoin will crash? Uh, so I don't think we did say that Bitcoin will Never. crash. We said that it is correcting today. Um, but generally, over the long term, Bitcoin follows market cycles uh, based on trading psychology, right? So uh, the market gets really, really greedy, really euphoric, uh, and they think they've entered this new paradigm. And that's usually when it crashes and it comes back down. So we've seen these like four to five issue cycles been going on for quite a while now with Bitcoin. Uh, so if it does you know, crash, it's going to be kind of this routine uh, cycle that it's still going through. And all of Bitcoin crashes at the end of the day is another opportunity to make a lot of money. I mean, if you can sell the top or even near the top, because obviously selling the top is super hard to do. But if you're able to get out, have a, a position in fiat currency for a while, ride the wave down and then accumulate your crypto for the next bull market. That's where the real money is made, not chasing pumps during a bull market, but accumulating during a bear market. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that Bitcoin is going to crash, um, which it will eventually. Well, I don't know. Crash is the right word to say, but definitely correct and go down to a different level. I mean, you can't expect it. You can't expect anything to just keep going and going and going without there's a sell off, people taking profits, people getting um, scared that the, you know, it's going to go down to zero. All, all this other stuff like has to take an effect. It's not just going to keep going. It's going to have ebbs and flows like anything else. And everyone knows how, how uh, volatile cryptocurrency is because you can trade it anytime, anywhere, any place, you know, at all. I mean, it's so accessible to get in and out of it <clears throat> that people are going to be 
in and out of it constantly. So I think that this is more just a correction. And I, I don't think we're going to ever go past 32,000 or 35,000 for that matter, ever it, for the rest of the time. I think that we're going to hit the low and we always see that support at around 39,000 and it bounced back up, but we'll, we'll just have to see what kind of happens with it. But I, I really doubt it's going to go super far below 35 if it even reaches past that past 39,000. So Brian, are you, are you talking, um, like long-term here or just like in the, in the near term through the rest of the market cycle until the peak? I honestly don't really think it's going to go below 32,000 like ever. Never? Yeah. I, 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 I don't see how it would. And just and because of everything. Number, what? And where do you like, where'd you come up with that number? 32,000. Because of the previous supports that we've seen, we have uh, after the 29,000 break, um, I mean, after 29,000 bottom, when we had that kind of dance between everything, that $29,000 was, it, it, it struggled. It had very, very uh, hard time getting past that. And I think we're at the new, a new level from it. I think that because of the volume, the intentional trade, in, institutional traders that we have inside of Bitcoin, the actual institutions that hold it, I just don't see them, even if this is market manipulation or whatever, I don't see them allowing it to happen. I'm just kind of going with my uh, more gut feeling and looking at the numbers and who is involved that you'd have a pretty hard time getting it to go below like 50% below what people paid for it, who have the huge numbers involved or the huge backing political power, everything like that. It's more of a gut feeling, not necessarily a technical aspect. So you think that all the institutions that are adopting uh, have kind of come in with this mindset that, Hey, this is like a long-term position. This is a long-term play. It's the future of maybe the economy, maybe finance. Uh, So they're kind of going to be sticking to their positions, not trying to sell the top like a lot of the rest of us are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have Kathy Wood saying it's 500,000. You have a lot of people saying that $100,000 is going to be by the end of this year. Well, not not so much anymore, but you you get the gist. I I don't see, I see that we're at the low and five years from now, we are going to be over a hundred thousand, maybe 500,000. I mean, it's just going to keep growing and growing, and growing, especially with things like the EIP 3664 coming out or different protocols. We're just seeing involvement in cryptocurrency in general. And I think more and more mass adoption. I mean, I have my, my father who's, you know, in his sixties talking to me about wanting to get into cryptocurrency, I have people's, his friends calling me and messaging me like, Hey, what should I look at? So whenever you see older people get into it and be very excited about it, that are very conservative with their money or like only did stock markets thought it was a scam a couple of years ago. And now they just want to know what to get into. That's a huge sign that you see something really cool in the making. Logan, mm-hmm. while we're talking about Bitcoin's price, you mind pulling up trading view again? I do not. Give me one second to pull it up. And uh, Brian, what kind of commission are you charging these uh, these friends of yours who said it was a scam for a long time and now they want your help? One Bitcoin per trade. <laughs> wow. No That's scam. Good, good business deal. I just send them resources. I tell them to watch this show. I tell them to look at different things. I don't really make picks at all because I don't want that stress. So, Brian, going back to your point of a $32,000 Bitcoin as the local low, I'd say I'd I'd agree with you for the most part. I think it would be really unlikely to see low $30,000 range again. And I Hmm. think we're at a pretty critical point right now. We're right at the top of the bull market support band. And Logan, maybe once I'm done here, we can go back and look at some of the times that we've interacted with this bull market support band to get an idea of how this could play out in the future. But if we can hold it, then we're certainly not going below 40K. I think that's Mm -hmm. where the, the, what's outlined in red? Is that the EMA? The 21 week EMA? The, I believe it's the SMA. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Yeah, so... The lower, yeah, the the, SMA. Okay, so yeah, even if we go down to there, that's about forty thousand dollars, and hopefully we can hold it. I think if we hold it, that'll be very bullish for the rest of the year. Although if we do dip Mm -hmm. below, and then we try and come back up, and we can't reclaim this bull market support band, it'll automatically turn into a resistance essentially, Um, and then we could see lower prices, especially with the prices going down. We we still haven't been up to the all time highs. We barely hit fifty thousand dollars, and we saw sixty thousand. 
months and months ago at this point. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that would turn things bearish if we can't stay above this bull market support band. And mm -hmm. since we've already been down at those prices before, you, you never really know. It could go down even a little bit lower before we finally reclaim the bull market support band. I don't think this bull market's over, Brian. I know you don't either. Logan, I know you don't either. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where things go. But if we do end up going down, in my opinion, that just represents a great buying opportunity for people who can afford to invest some more money into crypto. Yeah, I agree. I could say I say we could spend three more months uh, below that bull market support band uh, and still have the opportunity to break back up and continue the bull market. Um, but if you guys have been watching the show for... Uh, any extended period of time now, you've seen how often we've used this bull market support band. And I think this is so cool. The current price right now is sitting on top of it. So you guys thought this indicator wasn't important. Look here, 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 here. I mean, this is a uh, pretty significant clearly. So drop. A so like it's holding for, as support right that. now. Do you think it will continue as support or do you think we see lower prices? Uh, hard to tell from i mean <clears throat> it's just dubious speculation you guys can be yeah, wrong i know you're never wrong <laughs> but you can be wrong it's okay to be wrong i mean i think that we it it depends on how the stock market rebounds the next two days and that that's how i think because i i, I think that so many people are now inside the stock market and crypto instead of just one or the other like it used to be I think that you're going to see everyone's kind of panicking and not knowing what to do. And so they might sell, you know, if it's, it, it is possible that we go to that 40,000 range, but I, I think like we, what you said, I think breaking the 40,000 below it to 39 or something was going to be a little bit harder. I don't think that that's really going to happen before the market kind of turns maybe even next week, mm -hmm. but I do see there is potential for it to go, you know, back down to 32, but I think that we're going to probably, I hope we're going to bounce off this support band, if not go a little bit past it, but not break the other one. I think that we'll be in that little area for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Logan, could you put up the weekly candlesticks and go back to when COVID started? Because the setup is kind of re reminiscent of that. And we're kind of in the midst of what could be a black swan event with Evergrande with their $300 billion worth of debt. I mean, people are speculating right now that they won't be able to pay that back. And that could have long reaching effects in the market. So we were testing the bull market support ban when COVID hit. God, um, I wish and I had. we. We ripped past down. We, we went down a lot and we weren't able to reclaim it for maybe a month or two after that. But I could mm. see this playing out again. And this wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. Like I said, this could be a good buying opportunity, um, especially if it is caused by like a, a more general event, like something happening within the traditional equities market. And we saw this mm. with COVID. And if we see it again, I think that we could see a recovery within maybe a month or two after the event happens. Yeah, and who knows what's really going to happen with the everything else going on with COVID? That you know, it, it's pure speculation. If we're going to have to do do something similar that like it used to, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But you know, it's it, you're right. Who knows? There's something that could happen to see either go come up and bring that this whole funk out, or mm -hmm. we're just going to be kind of downtrending for a little bit. I don't think, uh, like we said earlier, I don't think we're in a bear market yet. Or anything like that no not at all ryan this is a really interesting area to point out uh so we we broke above it we fell back down uh we came above it once more and then we were able to hold it as support here and then here again and then what happened after that boom 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 it just ripped and we stayed well above it well overextended for almost like almost a full year Maybe, yeah, basically basically a full year. So now we're below it again. We, we've come back up. We'll see if we can hold it. Uh, and we could see some type of similar situation going on. Yeah, think about if uh, Bitcoin went under $20,000, how fast that would actually happen and how quickly it'd shoot up back up to 40000 I mean, mm -hmm. say, for instance, it does happen. And I think it'll be a couple seconds that it'll be below that. And then it's just going to rip back up because everyone's going to want to jump in there. Right now we're at that point where it's like, it's just been kind of in that 40, 50 range for months now. So we kind of want to, you know, it's not worth, 
you know, jumping in, not knowing what's going to happen. But if it goes to that 32, heaven forbid, below 30, it's just straight up from there. Why wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there'll definitely be a lot of buy orders at that level. So, Brian, I want to touch on something that you talked about uh, a couple of minutes ago, the, uh, the concept that a lot of people are now in both stocks and crypto. So historically, uh, crypto has been seen as like a very high risk asset. It's still um, high risk compared to most of the stock market. And so when the stock market crashes, people uh, pull their money out of these high risk, high volatility assets and look for somewhere safer to keep it instead. Now, if we see some sort of uh, big uh, stock market crash or correction, will people be pulling out to de-risk their positions or will they uh, be entering crypto to de-risk their stock positions? Are we going to see this kind of mindset idea flip? Will people be coming more into crypto if stocks become boring, if they become a little bit too bloody will people turn to crypto instead or will the uh the the overall de-risk outweigh that it all kind of depends on your what kind of investor you are if you only do robin hood and that's the only or maybe weeble too if that's if those are the only ones you do it's going to be easy for you to you know move back and forth because it's all on the same platform mm-hmm. um but if you are more on the you know TD side or maybe the uh, you know even an accredited investor that has a little bit of crypto too, I think that um, you would actually pull you put in some safer things and kind of hold in the stock market and buy crypto on the side and have that uh, as your own thing. I don't think you'd take all of your uh, assets and move it straight to crypto. But one thing I was getting at is uh, there's been a big increase of volume in stable coins the past couple of days. And that kind of tells me that a lot of people are getting out of their positions, but not pulling it out and giving up. They're just kind of holding it still because a, a stable coin is still cryptocurrency. And so they want to keep it in the market and they want to try to buy these dips as they can, waiting for that bottom to bounce back up. I think when we go to the stock market side, like you said, I think a lot of people... I think a lot of retail traders, if they're able to, and they use something like Coinbase instead of Robinhood or something like that, I think that you're going to see a lot of people, you know, kind of shy away from stocks a little bit and get into crypto once we have that turn, because why not in the market? Who knows when that's going to turn around? I mean, it's, it's hard to explain because I'm not an analyst and I don't like know those numbers, but that's what I did. I, I moved from stocks only to crypto. But I don't suspect a lot of people do that. I think there's going to be yeah. a middle what ground. Think, Ryan? I, I think this is a special case for us. Yeah, we would probably be moving from stocks to crypto during bloody markets. But I think mm-hmm. for the most part, in general, people will, will try and preserve their wealth when they see blood in the market, specifically the stock market. And they're not mm-hmm. going to want to go to something that's generally regarded as more risky. They're going to want to... Yep mitigate their risk by going into something like bonds or commodities or something that's generally less risky than crypto. So I don't personally think that if we see red markets in the stock market, that we'll see an influx into crypto. That being said, stablecoin interest rates are getting really popular. And I think a lot more people know about it now than ever before. And that really is a low risk way to earn between five to eight percent on your money. So I could see adoption of stablecoins maybe doing well if the markets start to bleed, which I think would be bullish over the long run for crypto, because then you're into the crypto ecosystem. You have stablecoins and you're on platforms like, well, not Coinbase, but maybe BlockFi or Celsius, where Mm -hmm. you can buy other cryptocurrencies. So then maybe you're holding your US. DC earning 8% interest on it. And then once you see an opportunity to get into the crypto markets, buy some Bitcoin, buy some Ethereum, then they'll do that and they're liquid and they're able to very quickly. Hmm. So I just had a thought. Uh, does the cancellation of the Coinbase Lend or Coinbase Earn program mean that you can no longer stake uh, like Ethereum no. on Coinbase, for example? No, they still have staking and everything like that because that's a little different than their whole um, Lend program. It's gotcha. a, they're like two different separate things because you stake on the on the chain no matter what. It, that's helping everything out. But you know, you know what I want to see is, is Elizabeth Warren explain the difference between these these types of DeFi yields between staking lending. That would be fun. I bet you can't do it. No. <laughs> I hear that, Elizabeth Warren. That's called a challenge by Logan Ross. Come on, move us and tell Um, us about it. 
we challenge you here on Mooner Bus. Come on our show, Elizabeth Warren. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you guys down to switch it up a little bit. We got SBTC asking about Bad Kids Alley. You want to do some NFT shopping for a minute? Sure. All right, cool. So I, I pulled it up a little bit ago. This looks like a new PFP project. 8888 of them. Uh, and they are coming out today, supposedly. Actually, they just dropped release two hours ago. Let's see. Check out their website. It. Wonder if they're already sold out. More than likely. STBC's on this NFT game. He uh, he's got it. I will yeah, say, I like coming the art. back again, STBC. Yeah, uh, I've I've seen you on a couple shows before. So, what's up? Um, yeah, the art is pretty cool. So we got 0.08 ETH for the mint price. A little bit expensive. That's the same as Board Apes when they came out. Zero, zero or just one? 0.08 ETH. Okay. So it's kind of on the high range of the standard. It's usually between like 0.02 to 0.08, maybe at the very most expensive Ooh. for these profile picture projects that are between, say, 7,000 and 10,000 different collectibles so, so i mean that's reasonable out yet no sir you about to pop on one you're gonna mint one uh, it's like like 300 dollars. <laughs> yeah but you could get a rare one it, or you could get another cause companion bro what's the what's the floor price on open sea do we have any paper hands yet Ooh. We got some paper hands. Yeah, might as well buy it there. He's got that it really... uh, crypto dad. That's pretty yeah. Cool. Those went to like all the way from 0. 0.08 or 0. 0.07 floor. I mean, mint price to like 1.2 ETH the day of launch. It really blows my mind that people sell below the the mint price. You're spending 0. <laughs> 0.08 ETH literally two hours ago, probably another 0.02 or more. Yeah, I mean, they're into this over 0.1 ETH easily after the gas fees, and you're selling for yeah. half of that. So you're going to take a 50% loss in one day. Why did you mint it in the first place? I mean, that, that makes no sense to yeah. me. And or they I know the person who has like 400 ETH, of, they're like a 19-year-old kid and has like 500 ETH from a crypto punk or whatever, and they're just throwing, throwing stuff everywhere. I don't know. I'm trying to give you guys the benefit of the doubt here. Yeah, but if they're making a lot of money, that's because they're holding, not because they're selling. Anyone who sells their NFTs in the first few hours are most likely not making much money on it. Certainly not life-changing money. No. Um, and I know the NFT ecosystem is much more developed now than when Bored Apes released earlier this year. But when Bored Apes released, it took them a while to sell out. It's not like they sold out right away. You could mint one for 0.08 ETH for a little bit. Like, I'm not exactly I mean, you could, sure You could mint a me bit until, like, June. Yeah. Like, it's crazy, and the, well, the yeah. punks were free to mint, right? They didn't sell out either, at least for uh, some period of time, right? Right. And so let's see. You're not really. I, I guess you could be investing in the hype, trying to get a drop. But if it doesn't sell out, then you're not going to be able to just sell it right away. That's not how it works. There needs to be a lot of hype behind an NFT drop for you to be able to make a profit right after mint. If there isn't that hype, if there isn't at least the amount of followers on the Twitter as there are in the collection, then chances are you probably won't be able to profit right after the mint. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad buy. You can see how the community develops over time and then hopefully in the future you know sell it for a good profit but typically right away you're not going to be making much profit off of these unless you're buying a ton of them and then maybe selling for for a premium on the secondary market if they do sell out quickly how's that mutinate coming you know i'm gr growing really sentimentally attached to him and i just don't know if i can ever sell fair that's my only comment <laughs> that's fair. what's the what's the floor price on these do you want to know 4.1 i'll take it huh. yeah one thing this kind of this can tie into the um the eip 3664 is one thing that will be available whenever that goes out as per the pull request in the comments on the github is that <clears throat> instead of having to burn or say they do an airdrop for the mutinates where you had the m2 serum and then you would burn uh burn it and get the mutant ape or you know however you would do it you wouldn't have to do that anymore and you can 
the developers can push certain things straight to your NFT in order to create a different NFT for it to evolve. And you can pay gas and like there's different ways you can set that up, but you wouldn't have to worry about paying three different gas transactions or worry about having to um, have a certain one and collect different. It, it would just be evolved straight from there and it can grow and you have one and then you have it for five years, but it's a totally different one as it keeps going. So that's pretty cool. So maybe this information is already out there, um, but I'm not familiar if it is. What do you guys think? Did they, uh, you know, pay the companies to get their logos? Did they just do it in partnership and offer to give them some NFTs in exchange? Or did they just rip them and uh, let it go? I have no clue. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's Tom sucks, sucks. So, uh, I mean, he's got... Uh, probably enough connections to make it happen, but I don't know. That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. Speaking of good questions, good ideas, STBC says, smash that like button. You guys are enjoying <laughs> the content, finding it at all valuable. Uh, let us know by smashing the like button. I want to show you guys a new NFT that I got today. Going to be super jealous. Here it is. Oh no, that's that. I got this for my little brother for his birthday. Don't tell him, okay? Dude, he's gonna know now. <laughs> Hopefully, he won't watch today's episode. Uh, wait, why isn't this in my open sea yet? What? What the heck, man? Is man? it confirmed? I thought so. Ah, here it is. It went to the end for some reason. Got a new ENS domain. Getmoney.eth. I like this one personally. That's a good one. How much did yeah. gas cost? About a hundred bucks. Shoot. I got it for five years. Okay, that makes bad. more sense. Yeah, uh, but really, it's like it's five dollars per year, and then the the big cost is really the gas. So it's like eighty bucks of gas and like twenty twenty five bucks of uh, actually yeah. purchasing or renting out the domain. Um, but I uh, I've been doing a lot of digging into like ENS lately. Um, and it's uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on that you can like add avatars now. You can add a Bitcoin wallet address. You can add a Dogecoin wallet address, uh, and then you can also have subdomains, which I just started learning about today. So you can maybe have like uh, like ledger dot uh, or whatever, and you can have that resolved to your ledger wallet, and then you just have like the other one uh, resolved to like your other, your your main MetaMask wallet or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do with the Ethereum name service domains. Uh, and I think they're only going to go up in value over time. They just implemented DNS into it as well. So you can send money to like, uh, like crypto.com or whatever you can, yeah, you can use .coms now, which is dope. Yeah. This is a really, really cool project that we will only see more adaptation for. And a lot of people have that. We all have one. I mean, it's, it's pretty well known, but what, isn't well known is all the stuff they have in the works and all the all the connections they have and the developers and all this other stuff. I personally like the ENS better than unstoppable domains, um, and it's more of a personal preference. But it is really cool what this is building out for the future. It's it's not very usable right now. Besides, to send money, you can put your NFT, blah blah blah. But mm -hmm. you know, two years from now, it's it's gonna be it's gonna take over the HTTPS protocol in my head. I, I really do believe that because I think everything's moving to a blockchain and it's going to be really important. Did you guys know there's an OpenSea mobile app now? I did. I heard about it. I didn't know it was out yet. Yeah, I got it yesterday. It was on their banner. Is it Web3? You connect your MetaMask to it? It will. If you, uh, can, you press the connect, then it'll open up your MetaMask and then you'll sign it from your MetaMask app. Then it'll redirect you back to the app. Interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's really well uh, done. I mean, it's, I don't know if it saves time from just going through the MetaMask browser. But I, I think it does because pictures. the MetaMask browser can be kind of janky sometimes. Sometimes it won't even open up my OpenSea or whatever. I, I think that it, it does make it a little bit more helpful or easier to use rather. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. It's definitely worth a look to check that out. Uh, so I'm going to toss it back to you guys in the chat. What else are you guys looking at? 
these days? Are you looking at tokens? Are you looking at NFTs? Let us know what projects you are going for. We can do a little bit of moon or, or bust. Uh, well, we have some time today. I don't think Superbit is going to end up joining us. Uh, there must have been some miscommunication going on there. Uh, we see STBC has uh, johnnyblack.eth. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, if you guys, if, if anyone else out there has some other .eth names, let us know. And we'll take a look at your wallet and see exactly what you bought and sold and just break it down in front of everyone. We'll see if you got paper hands or not. <laughs> we can talk right. about the Evergrande thing if no one else is uh, wants to do the moon or bus yet, but definitely let us know. Yeah, I think we already touched on it. I, I think there is a potential for that Black Swan event here. Um, a lot of people do compare it to Lehman Brothers back in 2008 uh, with the real estate crash that happened then. I'm not sure if it will have that same type of effect. I don't think there will be a, a global economic crash due to this one firm. But I mean, it's it's possible they have $300 billion worth of debt that they really aren't able to repay at the moment. So that could lead to some bad things. I'm sure that debt is spread out across the world, across many different investors. But being that it's in the Chinese market, it's a lot different than being in the, the U.S. market. I, I think being in the U.S. market, you have access to so many different investors across the world. Um, I, I actually haven't looked to see like who owns this debt. Um, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. But mm -hmm. there there is potential for this to to spread across different markets and, and cause some fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But I don't know if that's necessarily the most likely case. Mm -hmm. But $300 billion, that is a lot of money. With all so, these numbers tossed out by the government and the trillions, I feel like we're kind of numb to money these days. But $300 billion of debt, that's just an insane amount of money. Still there, Ryan? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Can't tell if he's lagging or I am. I can hear you okay. <laughs> hey. Hey, what's up, Logan? <laughs> Not much, man. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Glad to see you can hear me again. Yeah, so you were saying that we're desensitized to these huge billion-dollar numbers these days after all the multi-trillion dollar stimulus packages doubling the amount of USD in the economy. Uh yeah, I mean, this is still like catastrophic, like $300 billion. Yeah. Um, and, and it basically just crashed to, to zero, right? Their stock has gone down. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could view, see what their stock is trading at. I know it plummeted today. The news just came out actually today that they may not be able to pay back their loans. I think they had a payment due actually today, uh, which was notified that they might be defaulting on it. So their stock has crashed since then. Um, I'm not sure the exact figure though. Okay, I do you know the ticker? Okay, I found it. Hold on, you can pull it up. E G R N F. Boom. Oof. And this firm has the most debt of any real estate development firm in the entire world. So, yeah, $300 billion is a lot, but it's also the most debt that any real estate firm has. And it doesn't look like they're going to be able to pay it back. No, I don't know if this was mentioned, but some of the, the way they're paying back, like back payments to contractors or people who built, help build the, some of their properties is they're just straight up giving them properties just straight up paying people in properties. And some of these are people's actual apartments. Like people live in them and now their landlord is some, a guy who's a professional painter has nothing, just doesn't know how to run a property or apartment or manage tenants. And now he owns it. And what's going to happen there? They don't want the properties with people living in them, but they're getting them. All right. Well, my uh, trading view is acting a fool right now. So uh, maybe let's go to Aaron Bryan, do a little bit of moon or bust. First up, we have the intro clip and then we will pull up FXS.
All right, FXS, here we go. Do you guys know anything about Frax Share? I have no clue what Frax Share is. Fractal Shares. Yeah, maybe Fractal Shares. I've seen stuff about them on Twitter if it's Fractal Shares. Um, fractionalizing shares of NFTs. Mm-hmm. Let's read into it. Let's not make any assumptions. Let's read right into it. All right, Coin Market Cap. Tell me how to do my job. Frax Protocol is the first fractional algorithmic stablecoin system. It's open source, permissionless, and entirely on chain. Currently implemented in uh, on Ethereum, possible cross chain in the future. The end goal is to provide a highly scalable, decentralized decentralized algorithmic money in place of fixed supply digital assets like BTC. Uh, so is this more like DAI or is it more like Titan? Hmm. It's trying to be at one one dollar coin and that's about all What's I get, a but... fractional algorithmic stable coin though? What makes a stable coin fractional? Is that well, how it's backed? This I is I think this is the token for the a Frax project, which is different than their token. Okay, so part of it's... Logan, if you scroll up a little bit again, it it says how it's backed. So Frax is a unique stablecoin with parts of its supply backed by collateral and parts of the supply algorithmic. So the ratio of collateralized and algorithmic depends on the market's pricing of the Frax stablecoin. Yeah, so it's like Titan. So it's like Titan. Yeah, it's algorithmically back to a degree. So I don't really, I'm not a developer. I don't know if you can algorithmically back a coin and give it value that way. It, it doesn't seem like you can. Frax um, is like die. No, it's but not die like is, die. It's like Titan. Die is completely well, that's collateralized. Just yeah. That's what a comet was. I'm not quite sure. Right, but it's not 100% collateralized. So they use a second token to balance it out and... and Ideally, the supply and demand of that second token uh, will keep it at a dollar. Um, so this is very similar to what happened with Titan. If you guys are unfamiliar with this, this is the one that Mark Cuban got basically rug pulled on. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't truly a rug pull, but what happened is they they lowered the collateral backing so much that the peg was able to be lost. So once that happened, it it basically you could buy the the stable coin for like 80 cents or whatever and then trade it in for the other token that balances it which was worth a dollar so people would just automatically uh, i mean that's that's how the idea is supposed to work right so you'd you'd be able to like arbitrage your way and that would maintain the peg um but it kind of reversed on them uh and it ended up cascading downwards so um it's a similar system here with frax uh, maybe it's better though who knows but maybe, maybe it's maybe better it we, yeah the, it, it, i don't see where it says how much is actually backed uh and then how much is like based on the algorithm the the balancing token so i think there is definitely more risk with a stable coin like frax that has a algorithm back its stable coin whereas other stable coins like usdc actually have one dollar in reserve for every usdc minted so you're guaranteed the value of that stable coin will always be equal to one dollar maybe plus or minus one percent due to arbitrage with something like this, it gets a little bit more complicated and you really need to understand the nuances of being able to back something with an algorithm and with another highly volatile asset, which I think does add some degree of risk. Whether or not it's viable over the long term, I'm not really sure. I don't know how this algorithm works. Mm-hmm. So yeah, D. Hansen's saying Frax is like die and FTX is like maker. Um, in a sense, there's kind of like the, the comparison there saying if Frax is to die, then FTX is to Maker. Um, but they are, uh, die is, is 100% backed um, by other assets. And those other assets are like maintained algorithmically. This is, I think it's, I mean, it could be the same. I'm, I'm not an expert on this token. It's the first time I'm hearing of it, but. Uh, There's another token that does something similar. Bad, so I think Ampleforth does something like this. Yeah. Where they take um, <clears throat> they take the whenever price fluctuates, they'll they'll kind of maneuver the 
the protocol, not the protocol around, but they'll maneuver the liquidity around to kind of keep it on an even rise. And so you just keep on getting more and more tokens. And if it goes down, you're dispensed more tokens. If it goes up, it, um, it redirects itself. So it's kind of, it's very confusing. These, this stuff is way above my head on how it uh, works on a technical level. Yeah. But if this is something you guys are interested in, let us know. Uh, and we could try to do an episode on it in the future. Um, let us know. Just drop a like, leave a comment. Um, frat. So, the, so Hansen says, yeah, F that's a clear it's not used to collateralize fracks like Titan Iron was. Okay. That's, that's, that's good. a good distinction to make, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm sure that there's a lot of other projects that are similar to this that didn't uh, completely fail like Titan did, um, but that's just the first one that came to my mind. So I'm not uh, you know, insinuating that this, uh, the same thing is going to happen with this project by any means. Although it is down 25% today. Oop. That's to be expected, though. I mean, the market cap's only $78 million. So when you get down to that small of a market capitalization, you're going to see 20 to 30% drops if Bitcoin drops 10% or Ethereum drops around that. Mm-hmm. It's usually It usually gets more volatile the smaller market cap you get. So it makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, so Mr. Singh wants to know, what do we think of Alice? She's pretty nice. She's, she's all right. Good I chick. Mean, yeah. Um, uh, but it, I... Don't know what Alice is. You're gonna have to let us know, Mister Singh. I haven't talked to her since she went to Wonderland. <laughs> She's been different since then, man. It's I really think it's called insane. My Neighbor Alice. My Neighbor Alice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably the ticker. If you want to try and look it up on Coin Market, yeah, Capital. I could try to look it up real quick. I do have a question for everyone out there in the chat, though. For that 1,000 sub giveaway on the Benzinga Crypto Channel, uh, yes, we're gonna be doing a giveaway. So subscribe if you're not right now. Uh, what do what do you guys think if we give away a custom ENS domain name to the winner, whatever they uh, choose that's available? You guys think that's a cool idea? Let us know in the comments, or if you have other ideas uh, of what we what you guys want to see us give away for a thousand subs, uh, drop them below. Alice is just a, a like Farmville, but crypto. I mean, I haven't played it. That's just a, oh, a I game. saw a farm. Yeah, <clears throat> not my really. Uh, cup of tea. I think that play to earn games are really interesting. I think that there is a value proposition for them. And like David Sun said when he came on, so much money is flowing into the NFT space that developers were, will actually be incentivized to build uh, play to earn games. So, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I'm going to keep my eye on whatever play to earn games I see come up in the ecosystem. Um, but I haven't heard of Alice, so I'll have to do my research before I give any more opinions on it. Yeah, one thing to think about too, and like where we are, well, where I am, I guess, in my <clears throat> area, region, or just I think in the US in general, some of these play to earn games, some of them are big hits, but it's not as big as here as it is in other places like China, India, and a few of the other places that have, you know, a, a larger range of, uh, I mean, a larger scale of population in a dense area and not as many jobs or something like that. And this gives people an incentive to, you know, play and make money and they can spend the time to do it. But also it's a whole community. It's just a whole different, I think it's just targeted to, you know, certain aspects, but because it's global thing, I I think that it probably will do well. I mean, I don't, I know nothing about it, but I know play to earn games are, you know, booming in those kind of regions and spaces and for those use cases. Yeah, certainly one of the close parts is that it's global and you see these third world countries like the Philippines be able to replace their actual jobs with these play to earn games, which is really cool to see. I mean, cryptocurrency is changing lives, not only for investors in the US and in developed countries, but in these third world countries that are able to find access to the internet and play these games and and make a living better than what they were able to before doing whatever traditional job they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you guys talk about Star Atlas yet? We're running out of time, but maybe we mentioned Not it real Star quick. Atlas. Okay, so yeah. Star Atlas is another play-to-earn game. While we're on the topic, this one is on the Solana blockchain, so it will, be, it will scale a lot easier. Gas prices will be a lot lower, uh, and there's a lot more, uh, a lot of stuff to do. It's like an open universe type game where you can buy spaceships, go loot other people's spaceships, and win their NFTs in battle. That's pretty dope in my opinion so i picked up some of those star atlas tokens uh on 
on uh, a Solana Dex. Yeah, you can't play the game just yet, but uh, they may have released a mini game since I last checked, but I know that's in the works for September and throughout the rest of the year. But their roadmap's about five years long. Uh, they're using Unreal Engine 5, and it should be really cool when it comes out. Right now, they're auctioning off, like Logan said, some of these spaceships and some different in-game items. So if you want to get those early before the game's even out, they are auctioning those off. I think there's like five NFTs every few days, uh, or at least five different types of NFTs that come in a set that have varying levels of rareability. Uh, but it's definitely interesting, and it's a game that I look to play once it actually comes out. Mm -hmm. All right. That is all the time we have today. Uh, so thank you all for tuning in, joining us on Moon or Bust Live from the Benzinga Crypto YouTube channel. Once again, I'm going to ask you guys to subscribe. We're going to be doing a giveaway at 1,000 and smash the like on today's episode if you enjoyed. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we hope to see you again. We don't have a show on Wednesday, but we will be back with more on Friday. So we will see you guys then. Uh, Ryan, Brian, you got any closing thoughts for us? Check me out on Twitter as always. Always. Already you know. know the drill, guys. All right, we will talk to you in the metaverse. See you later. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.